0: This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com.
1: Welcome to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of low-budget cinema. It's another apocalyptical prediction about to come true? Winds of death sweep across the world, and whole continents will be cast adrift in an ocean of blood. Hi, I'm Chris, and along with Jeff, we're bringing you the very best and worst of horror, sci-fi, action, exploitation, kung fu, and women in prison movies from the 1970s to today. Be sure and check out ReallyAwfulMovies.com for reviews, interviews, lists, and terrific movie giveaways. From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode 59, Freeway Killer. Yeah, so uh, this one is. I'm, I'm very excited to hear about Freeway Killer Chris because I have not seen this movie. Uh, yeah, I never heard of this movie, and as, as someone tweeted to us earlier, um, you know, Michael Rooker. We'll do anything, which is well,
0: a damn shame. That, as, we, you know, as we mentioned in the, uh, our Henry podcast way back when, I mean, one thing he almost did was uh, strangle me to death, so I guess... Yeah, uh, we had the,
1: uh, <laughs> one of us had the pleasure of uh, meeting him, and again, I think we've mentioned it on other podcasts, where there's just a litany of, just a slew of fans lining up for him to talk to him about, obviously, his most famous... You know, role to date is The Walking Dead, but you had the yeah, well, chance I was to say, say, "Hey, you're from Henry Portrait right. of Serial Killers," yeah, like he was thrilled mm-hmm. to actually, you know, be recognized for that because that's what put him on the map. Oh, yeah, I mean, the
0: guy's been in. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 is it his most famous? I mean. He was also in Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a huge hit, mm-hmm. but I mean, unjustifiably so. Most people recognize him as one of the quote-unquote Dixon brothers from The Walking Dead. Um, I know this even though I'm not really watching the show, and... Um you know the guy's been in so many movies. He's a character actor. So yeah. if you look at his IMDb credits, I mean there's hundreds. And he's in Cliffhanger with Stallone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, we and oftentimes he plays a heavy. He plays a bad
1: guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've never really seen him in a you know family com- Christmas comedy or anything like no, that. No. And we've had lots of unflattering things to say about Walking Dead. We're more partial to City of the Walking Dead, the Umberto Lenzi. C- you know, or City of the Living Dead as well, the, the yeah. Lucio Fulci film. Yeah. That okay. one's Umberto Lenzi. The other is Lucio Fulci. Fulci, yeah. Whatever, you, every way you slice it. Well, it's Lenzi, Romero,
0: um, Fulci. Shit, even Matei. I'd mm-hmm. rather see Matei doing his <laughs> own. And he
1: has Hell of the Living Dead, yeah, as opposed to the Walking Dead. And I'm sure people will take umbrage with this, but we're just not big on the Walking Dead no. franchise. It just. But we digress. We digress. Uh, back to Henry Portrait Portrait of a Serial yeah. Killer. Uh, Michael Rooker gets top billing in Freeway Killer. And it starts off, I mean, this is very similar to Henry in that the Henry film was very closely based on the life of Henry Lee Lucas, the serial killer who plied his trade in, you know, Illinois, and around, I think, the same time as this one. And this one uh, follows the life and times, if you want to call it that. It sounds like a PBS documentary of serial killer William Bonin who was dubbed the, the freeway killer. This and is an actual serial killer? This is an actual okay. serial killer and it got me thinking as I was watching this, like, we're both fans of, you know, verisimilitude, realism and, you know, as, as, you know, call it a maybe lack of imagination on our part, but we know what we like. We like realism unless it's Italian, in which case we'll we'll open uh, <laughs> yeah we'll open a, a, you know a, a door to the supernatural but right, right. for the most part we like stuff that's gritty and dark henry mm-hmm. maniac and and i was thinking what? like this one follows very closely to mm-hmm. the actual life and you know background of this william Bonin mm-hmm. in much the same way henry does so what okay. does that say about us <laughs> and and do you really need or or is it even better to not Follow someone's life uh, accurately with a horror, like when we're thinking of you know Texas Chainsaw, which is a composite of various killers like Ed Gein mm-hmm. and, and you know other types of, of butchers. It wasn't solely based on any one person. Mm-hmm. So what sort of, or what are the pitfalls of basing anything on any one particular instance in time? Like that's the rhetorical question. But I was wondering, like, is, oh, okay. is, is it, can we be too close to the material in what
0: you know, it's interesting because um, I'm thinking about, it, and again, like, you know, I, I've not seen this movie and I, I've never heard of the serial killer, so mm-hmm. I really can't speak about Freeway Killer, but it's interesting when, you know, because we do live in a culture that somehow, um, in a certain respect, uh, you know, I'm not going to say glamorizes, but definitely um, makes celebrities out of these serial killers.
1: And, yeah, the latest example being... Uh, um... I think Aquarius and David Duchovny in it, and mm-hmm. he's hunting down uh, Charles Manson. So mm-hmm. and Charles Manson has been the beneficiary of, you know, he, he's yeah. a, a legend. Oh yeah, the cult of Manson, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you would think, Manson has
0: almost become like Che I mean, yeah. people will wear him on their t-shirt, you know, the, uh,
1: the Manson, and they don't even know who he is or what he's done. No, you know I mean, they... and Guns N' Roses even covered one of his songs, which is, I think, appalling.
0: Uh, better ga- yeah, yeah. You get your game Yeah,
1: and it just for someone to uh, I mean Axel Rose has shown you know, pretty poor judgment in the past you know, have, but you seen,
0: have you seen the current itineration of Guns N' Roses in concert no which I had the best of seeing
1: then you'll see how he actually has oh. bad judgment in the present as well <laughs> <laughs> but let me guess uh, two minutes into you know, Night Train or whatever the first song he's already gassed and wheezing all about the stage oh dude I could go on for like you know, an hour and a half
0: of how bad this concert was but uh, all I know is that somebody who grew up with uh, g and their Mm-hmm. Fucking crime, I applied for destruction, what have you, TR lies. Um, I walk out of that show and turned to my uh, my buddy and said, Yeah, they're dead to me. Yeah.
1: But, but not TR, just Axel no, Rose. Axle Axle Rose. Rose. And, and yeah, well, there's a segue for us here. But I mean, getting
0: back to your question, I mean, we were talking about um, serial killers, and, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess we are sort of fascinated by these serial killers, and um, many a movie has been made about serial killers. Um, I remember when um, Monster came out, uh, that film um, based upon the life of, I believe it's Eileen
1: Warnos. Warnos, yes. Yeah. One of the few, I guess, female serial right. killers. Right, exactly.
0: And uh, when Charlize Theron won Best Actress um, at the Oscars for that role, um, there's a, a minor controversy. I think if it would happen today, it would be, be a major controversy. At mm-hmm. the time it was minor because she didn't say anything about the victims. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like she won the Academy Award based on playing the serial killer who, you know, killed actual people, destroyed lives, destroyed families, and, you know, she thanked, I don't know, the Academy, her manager, her, manager, <laughs> her husband, yeah. her boyfriend, yeah. her agent. God is something. Because, you know, God is nothing better to do than to watch movies, right? But well. uh, <laughs> Or to watch football, you know? When it comes yeah, to the yeah, Super Bowl. yeah. True enough. But she said nothing about the victims. So, you know, and some people were saying, you know, well, hey, I mean, that's. You got, people died so you could win this Oscar.
1: Yeah, true enough. I, I'm not entirely sure when you know Eileen Wornos was was the, committing her you know disgusting debauched act mm-hmm. there, but th- this thing seems especially given when the relatives are all well, relatives of the victims are all living. Right. and There's not enough time has passed. I think. Uh, I was thinking of um, Gus Van Zandt and he's obviously known for you know even Cowgirls Get the Blues mm-hmm. and the biography of I guess Harvey Milk the gay rights activist oh, yeah, tons I mean, of different movies yeah. this guy did yeah. and I saw this in the theater Elephant Elephant, indeed. and yep. that came out I think really hot on the heels of, of the Columbine right. shooting mm-hmm. and he just basically I don't know if this is sort of uh, disingenuous on his part he just basically filmed Columbine except gave them different character names mm-hmm. so I don't know what like he was aiming for there, this, pardon the pun, but yeah, it just uh, it, it, it seems odd to just was he trying to distance himself from criticism to just have something that was sort of loosely based but obviously based on Columbine, mm-hmm. and that there should should have been enough time to pass in between. Yeah, and he didn't. It did seems it. a little bit uh, like exploitative, and he's a. You know, as a tour God. he is. But you know, I mean, that's not the
0: first time he's. I mean, he also made a movie called uh, "Last Days" about the last days of Kurt Cobain. Yes, and uh, you know, the the character I believe Michael Pitt was the actor who played Kurt Cobain, but it was some sort of like. You know, amalgam of Kurt Cobain. It wasn't Kurt Cobain. Remember, it was Kirk Cobain. Mm-hmm. And it, it was the yeah, same sort yeah. of shit.
1: It's like you know, these are the last days of this. You know, this. Long Seems like a little bit of artistic artifice there. Yeah, so, well, yeah. This yeah. could be Cobain, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Isn't it not the balls to say it's a, uh, you know, a biopic? And just because that'll, you yeah, um, he, you know, he's let off the hook if he's just saying it's a composite. in, in this Freeway Killer, it starts off almost in the but same. But before we just before we mm-hmm. leave Gus Van Sant, I
0: love Gus Van Sant. I mean, the guy yeah. is, you know, he's a uh, uh, great drugstore cowboy. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a uh, 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 provocateur, and yeah. uh, but then again, he also directed Google Hunting. So I don't know about you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and also Finding Forrester. You know, just just a you know uh, lame excuse, <laughs> yeah, just to you know trot out a terrible Sean Connery yeah. impression. Um, I and, actually think it's pretty effective. <laughs> uh, <that's>, uh, <laughs> and and in, in Freeway Killer, it's it's interesting because again, this is the story of William Bonin, who was mm-hmm. a this is a, you know one sick puppy who it's almost become a cliche for serial killers to drive around in a van and pick up victims, kill them in the van, and then mm-hmm. dump their bodies by the side of the road. This is probably the guy who is responsible for putting that sort of myth and archetype out there of the, of the serial killer. And the beginning of this movie is almost like Henry Porter Portrait of a Serial Killer because in that film, the director used the actual crime photos to stage the opening scenes of this film so the way the bodies were placed you know was very very based on realism and in in uh, Freeway Killer it was very similar actually you know this guy was a very DIY filmmaker he put himself as the corpse and filmed the intro as bodies lying by the side of the road with like th- you know shot through blades of grass seeing mm. the just freeway off in the distance so it was very and clearly, his decision to cast Michael Rooker, albeit not in the serial killer role, but as a cop, mm. was a nod to the, the Henry film. Yep. And this guy, again, William Bonin, uh, what was interesting about him, as far as serial killers go, was something that the filmmaker had to take account of in that he had to make sure this film was realistic. And this killer would actually convince people To kill with him. So he would hunt either, like he was very binary, he would either get a victim Mm -hmm. or an accomplice. So whoever he picked up, he would put them into one of two camps and sort of he would suss them out, you know, uh, give them, I don't know, a little inventory, a little almost like an HR person giving you a job interview. <laughs> and so if they came in and were, were you know, amenable to some of his... Are you going to call me? Are you going to call me? You know? <laughs> and you know, if, if these guys had any psychopathic tendencies, he knew enough to be able to tap into that. So okay. this guy, incredibly, because I would not have believed it if I hadn't done research myself, mm-hmm. he conscripted accomplices to help him commit murder, and they did so within the same... Freaking day. Now. Which is amazing. And this was not in the film because okay. the filmmaker thought that was unrealistic. Mm-hmm. If I just met you and said, oh, hey, listen, let's, you know, why don't we. Go commit murder. You would think we'd have to at least known each other for two or three years before I put uh, forward that proposition. At least, yeah, oh yeah, a few weeks. I don't doubt, know, yeah. but at, at least, so. at
0: least for yeah, I'd say uh, you know, and, and we need to have at least a second date yeah. you know, before the, before you
1: uh, <laughs> propose murder. <but>. Yes. <laughs> and and what also made this and so that you know elevated this and made it. What also made it incredibly creepy was his accomplice. I believe his name was Kevin Butts. He was a. Uh, Fan of black magic Mm -hmm. and and Dungeons and Dragons and the black arts, and he was obviously deranged. And this guy fancied himself a Uh wizard, and he was the guy who photographed some of William Uh Bonin's victims and took part in it, albeit in a secondary role. You know, Can I, an accomplice. There's a
0: couple things I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, regarding the people that became uh, his accomplice, I mean, did they do that to save their ass? I.e., if you don't uh, kill for me, I will kill in you? In some cases, yes. Okay, so that's a
1: bit of an ethical sort of dilemma. I, think. <laughs> I, I would hope if we were ever in that situation, you know, we would opt for, you know... Well, I mean, God, the, know, the right thing, I guess.
0: But people will do you anything. You never know. Right? I mean, it's hard to say unless you're in that situation what you would do. And, I, and right and now, I say I would do the the former, and I would. Mm-hmm. I would but you know, like, you and just, it,
1: admittedly, like he did hand-pick his victims because this was the '80s. This was Orange County, California, right. uh, Los Angeles. Right. Uh, lots of uh, people. I mean, LA is known for this. People pursuing their dreams. People. You know, coming in there, hitchhiking, you know, moving from oh, across like the country. It's like poison video, really, where, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the bus pulls in from yeah, Idaho, yeah, from Idaho, Idaho and, so, and someone's trying to, you know, make red, it. bucks a yeah. you know, with, like, teased hair gets Although, in this one, his victims were all boys, oh, okay. and young boys, so uh-huh. these guys are runaways, these are strays, these are male prostitutes, and you know, a lot <laughs> you know, of this guy's real sexual peccadillos were I think downplayed for this movie, I think mm, in the interest of being politically correct. Because we saw talking... what happened with, you know, uh, Silence of the Land. Right. But this guy was, yeah, focused almost exclusively on this sort of subset of victims, and you yeah. another interesting facet is, I guess, this wizard who was his accomplice. Well, I was going to
0: say, because you were mentioning that. And I mean, in, in a sense, it's almost like this hoary cliche. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, at the risk of aging myself, like I remember when I was when I was a kid. I remember when I was a kid, and I wanted to. Uh, I actually it was. Uh, I, I wanted to play a little bit of D anD. D And I remember going to uh, to a game store with my father and my uncle, and uh, my father was all set to purchase some uh, D and D shit for me, you know, whatever the fuck you need, like some boards and some dice, orcs, wizards, yeah, (laughs) a whole bunch of books and figurines and whatever. And it's it's a real subculture. But anyhow, my uncle um, saw my father and said, No, 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 I I saw this thing on the news, you know, whatever, 2020 deal on NBC, what have you the people that play that game are Satan worshippers. It's all about, you know, Satan. And, you know, that sort of um, has become a cliche in a sense. I mean, gaming has, I think, become a bit more socially accepted in today's quote-unquote geek culture, but... Yeah, that, that, that's a bit of a cliche, but I guess in the eight—I mean, this movie was not. I'm looking at the box right now, and it was. Yeah, it's
1: a period piece. was shot in 2008. Yeah, uh, and it came out yeah. in 2010. But um... and it's interesting to think of, yeah, different things that freak people out at different times. the different, you know, the uh, you know the Bette noir of the '80s would have been would have been uh, violent uh, films, and then the right wing cracking down on on. Uber violence and, well, and, and and also and also rap music yeah, and right. metal and well, there's PMR always got to be some sort not. of scapegoat because yeah. after, after
0: Columbine it was like you know the Matrix and violent video mm-hmm. games you know, why the Matrix and they were wearing like
1: trench coats you know what I mean yeah. like, and it if, continues to be violent video games or, yeah. or social media or go, you got it I you mean, there's it. always
0: got to be some sort of scapegoat in, as opposed to bad parenting which is basically yes
1: game. yeah that's that is the true scapegoat yeah. and interestingly the filmmaker. Took a little bit of artistic license with this because, as we said, his the accomplice was into Dungeons and Dragons and, and black magic and white magic, but he would actually dress up as Darth Vader, and <laughs> so which they couldn't get the licensing for okay. for obviously this movie. So what they did instead was put him in a wizard hat, so and <laughs> which did add a certain sinister, you know, uh, level of weirdness to the proceedings. But he would. I think if yeah. he would have dressed up as Darth Vader, it would have just been fucking ridiculous in my uh, I guess, but at the time, this, this is what, you know, and he was sort of, I guess, uh, the main accomplice. And the filmmaker discussed the motif of a family, which is something we've discussed in, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And this thing, he actually got, as I said, several accomplices. And, you know, whenever he got a new one, the main accomplice would get jealous and so it was a little bit of weird. They did have a sexual relationship, the the protagonist in this film, with his accomplice. But and that's, that's sort of a tension that's touched upon in this film as well. And boy, that is something to behold there, because every new uh, party they introduce into their weird, you know, killing family, it mm-hmm. just uh, causes tension,
0: tension and friction.
1: Yeah, and so that's
0: way. alert! And it's interesting too because I mean, again, you're talking about the parallels to Henry, but in Henry, you know, you had um, Otis, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was certainly not vert, but I think it was definitely implied that there was some that sort they of had a sexual, sexual tension. Yeah. yeah, in fact, there was deleted scene, I believe, where uh, on my Blu-ray where they actually mm-hmm. do kiss. But I mean, there was this underlying sexual tension, i.e., you know. Frustration between Otis and Henry, so the same thing in this.
1: Yeah, definitely the same thing. And they, but they did leave some bits on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. That again, super low budget movie, and in an obvious nod to Henry Porter, but a serial killer, they got um, you know Michael Rooker involved. But mm-hmm. for all of ten to fifteen minutes, so for for his you know prominence on the DVD cover, <laughs> he's, he's you know as is often the case, he just was barely in the thing. Right, right, but right. he had a really kind of. You know, scene-stealing role as the uh, as the arresting officer is really, really interesting. So that's Freeway Killer. It definitely, definitely worth checking out uh, if you're into serial killers, serial killer bios. It's well shot in its own right as well. So, three and a half stars for that. And for more, check out www.reallyawfulmovies.com and we'll talk to you soon.